Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the saboteur to my Imperial factory, my, my mom, Maria. <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In today's episode, we will be talking about An Inside Man, written by Nicole Dubik and directed by Stuart Lee. In An Inside Man, Kanan and Ezra infiltrate an Imperial factory on Lothal, making shocking discoveries, while Grand Admiral Thrawn continues his plans to crush the growing rebellion. So this was a fun episode. Yeah, it was interesting, and I was right. I was (laughs) right. You were right, and I was right too. I knew it was callous. Whatever. I was right first. (laughs) The way you reacted, though, when that big reveal came, you were like, yes, I knew it. (laughs) I wish I had captured it on video because I was like, oh, my God. I didn't think she was going to have this sort of reaction to it. Yep. we finally get the reveal from Callus that he is Fulcrum, and it was awesome. (laughs) Yes. But I need to know more. I need to know how he even became like. How, yes, how, how he found the connections to yeah, to be fulcrum, to like join that network. network. Whoever is in that fulcrum network, how confident are they that they could trust Callus to have given him that that saying about yeah. Lothal's moon? So it's like, wow, they they put a lot of trust in people. <laughs> yeah, it, it, either that or they have a real like secure network, network you know yeah I'm, I'm curious to know who else is in this I, like I just want a, a novel or comic just on the fulcrums <laughs> and and so we start off this episode back on Lothal so we have Kanan, Ezra and Chopper who are scoping out the area waiting for Ryder Azadi to come in and take them to where they need to be but unfortunately Ryder has been spotted and, and it's being followed by two speeder bikes. And right away, there's action. Like, there's yeah. no moment of it's breathing. Like he, he just screams, jump on! <laughs> and they just jump. I have a question for you regarding uh-huh. Kanan's blindness. To me, it felt like it wasn't a factor in this episode. No. He seemed very, like, he knew exactly where everything was. And I was kind of bothered by that. You'd think that he'd need some assistance in some areas. No, because he's he's now following sound. Well, I know, but that can only get you so far. Like, he makes it seem like it's He has the perfect. force. I know he has the force, but still... Jonah, like- he's perfect. <laughs> okay? He's perfect. He's blind Kanan. He's awesome Kanan. Okay, that, that's your explanation? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that? you know, it's a combination. It, it, it's not just hearing things. He feels the air around. He hears things. And that in connection with the force. And, and Exactly. Okay. And, and he, obviously, we don't see it, but he's been practicing and he's been honing in in, in those forces around him like what's his name told him um, oh, Bendu, Bendu told yeah. him yeah yeah the, no, the reason why is like the only other character and this was brought to my attention earlier by uh, her name's Judith and she said, you know, at least for Toph in Avatar The Last Airbender, we can see what she's seen through the the way that she sees it. So, you know, when she like steps on something, yes, you yes, see yes, the vibrations. vibrations. So we, we know what that looks like to her. So when she does things, we understand that that's how she's processing we it. Haven't have but we haven't had Kanan. that from Kanan. Yeah, yeah that, that is true. We haven't seen what is it that Kanan sees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that does not take away from the fact that he is developing Developing the senses that a blind person usually overdevelops in order to compensate for losing sight. And to that, at the fact that he is force sensitive and he obviously has enhanced his force sensitive abilities by doing mantras or whatever it is that he's supposed <laughs> to be doing in order to do so. Yeah. yeah so yeah. He, he is growing not only as a person, but as a Jedi. Okay. I just wish that we could and he's see. awesome. I know he's awesome. Okay, we got it. We got it, Mommy. You love Kanan. And one of the things that Ezra said, actually, before they started doing their somersaulting and whatnot off 
the roof. Ezra said, Lothal is my home, Kanan. I can't stand seeing it like this. And it's sad to see Lothal and even I think Pablo was the one in Rebels Recon to say that it's no longer the the, the guise of we're here to help, help you. you. No, no, no. Now it's full blown occupation. occupation. Yeah, yeah. And it's sad to see his home world that way. And I really liked the fact that Thrawn throughout the season, he's hit planets that are integral to certain characters in Phoenix Squadron. So Ryloth was Hera. And Mike Campo was Sato, mm-hmm. and now we're on Lothal, which is well, connected to he, he Ezra. is studying them. Yeah, he knows what they care, mm-hmm. what they care about, what what they love, and what they're willing to protect. This is his way of continuing his studies and manipulating them into the the corner he is planning to get them to. You know? Yeah. 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 So, man, like, I'm trying to think of what the end will look like, but you you just can't. I can't even, (laughs) like, I try, and I'm like, no, I I can't even get close to what it is that these these writers have written. (laughs) We'll see sooner or later. But one of the coolest parts was writer turning the speeder to the side, uh, on the side. side yeah and that uh, both of them pulling their their lightsabers, lightsabers and cutting the legs of, of oh, the, the, oh my god that was so awesome <laughs> no matter how many times i see it i still get the goosebumps it's ah! so it's such a cool jedi move and totally reminded me of old jedi yeah like, obi-wan yeah, and and and, um, and, and and even obi-wan and um Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, nice, man. You took us back to the Phantom Menace. <laughs> hey, I, I remember a thing or two. <laughs> so then they're on that highway of sorts. And so they're trying to get to a certain number in speed. For a second, I thought, are they trying to get, do they do the miles per hour thing? Or no, do they do the-, no the-, <laughs> the moment he said, wait until we hit 190, I think I, I-, I was in my head like, is he talking about a highway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> an intersection. Oh. <laughs> I just figured out what we were talking about. Yeah, it, oh, um, like an exit or something? something? Yeah. No, that's not what he was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, speed-wise, if the, if the speeder brakes get to a certain point, they'll malfunction. And it's because of the fact that they've been sabotaged. So Ryder has some people on the inside who's been doing this. Uh, I love one of the things that he tells them is think fast thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and not only he says that, but then Ezra is like, I'm thinking fast thoughts and it's still not working. <laughs> like, really, Ezra? <laughs> you are force sensitive, but not that sensitive. <laughs> and and unfortunately for the two writers, they uh, ended up dying in the process at Sorry. that speed. Sorry, guys. Yeah. And... The idea of infiltrating a factory and sabotaging those that, that equipment came from an old friend of Ezra's, Mr. Sumar, mm-hmm. who we first saw in season one mm-hmm. in the episode Fight or Flight. He was the farmer who unfortunately got evicted from yep. his farm. And he was going to be taken into custody or he was going to be a prisoner or something of that nature. And Ezra ended up saving him. So it's cool that, okay, so this is an example of someone being introduced early on. We didn't see how this character would play out. And being brought and, back. And being brought far. back. But they were they were instrumental in causing, wreaking havoc within the factory. Yeah, so, well, so these past couple of episodes that people keep complaining about, you know, these characters, we don't know how they can contribute later on. Well, here you go. Well, no, there's your example. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, uh, we cannot see all the time everything that happens in the background, but we are all smart enough to know things are happening. Yeah, yeah. Things get connected. And it's yes, it's nice when you see it, but you don't necessarily have to see it in order to follow the story. Right. Or see it right away. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So Yeah. So they head to the outpost where the rebels are hidden on Lothal's surface, which I found very odd because they were I felt like they were still out in the open. <laughs> I'm like, what are these guys doing with their lights on? They're going to get spotted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's the part that, that makes me a little bit like, hmm. I you mean, know, you're like, like a beacon. <laughs> so n- nobody knows you're there. 
<laughs> like they don't have flybys or that, anything yeah. from Imperial Tie Fighters or I don't know. Maybe they should have hidden it a bit more. <laughs> or, or maybe they're posing as a de- as a, a spot, a, a depot, or some no sort. Idea. Yeah, but that's the only thing that I, I I could say that would not draw the attention that they serve a double purpose. Yeah, you know? yeah. But one thing that I noticed that was pretty cool. I don't think anyone else has commented on it, but there was a rock structure in the background mm-hmm. that had two other little rock structures that made it look like ears, ears. and it looked like an off cat. I saw it, but it really, you know, didn't click right away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw it. I was like, oh my God, that's a loft cat. <laughs> <laughs> But next to Mr. Sumar, and he's surprised to see how much Ezra has grown. Yes, it's like we everybody we 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 don't see friends or relations for a while, and then all of a sudden we see them, and you're like, wow. Yes, you know you you were that little thing, you know. <laughs> and I like that Sumar acknowledged the fact that he had cut his hair. Like nobody, yeah, nobody, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, nobody ever commented on the fact that he has a new hairdo. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I was but, like, finally. But he, yeah, he he did notice. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, but old Joe was in the background. He was the bartender who would who had helped Minister Tua try to get in touch with the rebels. Yes. So that was pretty cool that he's involved as well. And then Ezra starts talking about this plan, this grand plan to attack the Imperial facility on Lothal with the help of other rebel cells. And it's cool that they actually mention other rebel cells, you know, so there are things being put into motion. So we have the Phoenix Squadron who are doing their own thing and you have the other rebel cells who are doing their own thing. And now they're starting to talk to each other and planning with each other to yeah. see how to better confront the Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Phoenix Squadron knows that they need some sort of assistance from uh, these other cells. And in order to entice them to actually help sooner rather than later, they want to look, see what kind of project the Empire has been working on recently. Because there's a secret project and it could be something that could lay a strong blow on the uh, the rebellion. So they decide to infiltrate the factory. Yeah. And I found it very interesting that they just went in without credentials. Again, like like those little details that you're meant to just dismiss in the back of your mind because they're just too minute for them to really elaborate on. But you can't help but be like, you know, an outpost out in the the middle of the night with all the lights on. They just let you in. And they just let you into the factory. And of course, they're they're not alone. Thrawn is there as well. Oh yeah, and he's not pleased with what's been happening in the factory. He's noticed a few things. Yes, that's a, too much of a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think you're having successes, but it's actually being noticed by at least the people who are good at noticing things, like Thrawn. Because other Imperials might have been like, "Huh? Okay, I, I don't this, know what to do with this information." <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Agent Callus is there, Governor Price is there as well, and Thrawn comments on the rate of malfunctions and how it's very unusually high coming from this factory. And he commands Mr. Sumar to inspect his his last piece of equipment. And so Sumar gets on it, he starts to turn it on and go as fast as he can, and then he noticed, you know, obviously the, he knows the, the overheating. that it's overheating. You know, they had shown us that preview, and I thought, oh, you know, Ezra will save him. <laughs> or, no. And not everyone can be saved, unfortunately. No. There, no. Will, there will be casualties. That's the risk that they take. Yeah. And I was thinking, I guess, would you apply, you live by the sword, you die by the sword? In a way, yeah. Because yeah. it was his idea to yes. do that. And unfortunately, he died by that idea. Yeah. Which is very sad because he, like all the other rebels, wanted to, to get just, rid of the yeah, empire. And, and be free again and do his farming without having to, you know. Yeah. Sad times. I'm sad we didn't have enough time to mourn. But there was that part at the end where the the lady or whoever she was in relation to Sumar felt sad about it before they had to eventually leave. And what was very interesting as well was Callus's reaction Action when Sumar yeah uh, uh, dies. Yeah. 
And yeah. I remember you commented and said that it's yeah. very human. Yes. Uh, again, demonstrating that he's simply a very rigid, very follow the rules kind of man who obviously backed up the, the wrong horse, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he thought the empire was a means to bring order, which is what he craved and what he sees important. And it turns out that the empire only uses order to intimidate and to suppress, which is not the same as bringing order to better society. Right. Some people aren't really happy with the idea of Callus doing good now. It's it's because of the fact that he's done some very atrocious things in the past, like the the cleansing of Lasan and that one stormtrooper, I don't know if you remember at the very beginning of the series, he had kicked a stormtrooper yep. to his death. And a lot of people saw that as very humorous because of the way that it happened, but it was actually very like this guy just killed another guy. I mean, some uh, most of us will, you know, if you have power, you're going to be drunk with it. And this is the thing. When he is left stranded with Seb yeah. in that ice moon, we learn why he did that cleansing. What is it that propelled him? There's always two sides to a story. And many stories are, if not all, they're subjective. Mm-hmm. They come from the person who are who is telling it. And we know of the suffering that Seb underwent, but we don't know of the suffering that others may have undergone. And in in this episode, we learn that the Lasads that he confronted were not the greatest persons. So we know this this is there and this propels him to be the nasty person that we all perceive he is. But in essence, he's just trying to bring order. Yeah. His essence is not evil. He's just obsessed with bringing order and not allowing what that point in history that made him do the things that he did happen again anywhere. And actually, he reminds me a lot of because what happened on Lasan was more of a demonstration. And I think he had used that word. I don't exactly remember. But it was a demonstration of the Empire's might Mm -hmm. to bring about that change in that order. And that also reminded me of... A New Hope and the book Lost Stars when a character witnesses the destruction of Alderaan, which was also meant to be a demonstration, a test. Yes. And that forces him to look at what he's joined and what he's been doing along with other events in the novel. And it forces him to leave and do other things on his own before he eventually joins the rebellion. Sometimes when you're knee deep in things, you don't realize exactly what is going on. Exactly, yeah. And in the ice moon, he he got to learn about Seb and the other side of the coin. And the same, Seb in essence, also uh, learns about the other side, right. the side of Callus. So I do see, and I love that episode, and I and I said it. I it's just want to see. Yeah. I just want to see this guy being redeemed. You know, because he, you know he's not evil. You know he's just made the wrong choices right. along the way. Yeah, he's done bad things. Yes. No doubt about that. But I, I'd rather deal with someone who's realizes that he's done bad things and then tries to do something about it afterward. Yes. Rather than continue to to endorse and right. and, and pursue the same the same behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Callus, we love you and yes. we fear for you. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. But in Thrawn's demonstration, you know, his voice is so soft and you think that he's harmless. <laughs> oh my god, he's nothing but... <laughs> The man's ruthless and del agua mansa libre me dios que de la brava me libro yo. Can you remind me what that means again? That means that you know still waters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know the still waters. Those are the ones that you should be careful. Uh, that, that you leave God to save you because you don't know what's underneath. underneath. But when you see troubled waters, waters, you know exactly what to do. Yeah, what to expect. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's right, the waters. 
Um, and then Ezra, uh, he shows anger towards yes. Thrawn. And if Kanan hadn't been there, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he would have taken this, the lightsaber out and probably died in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have gotten shot in the yeah. process of trying to get to Thrawn. But yeah, Kanan held them back. And so the factory goes into a lockdown. All IDs have to be verified. And Chopper is told to distract because yes. obviously they're going to get caught. So Chopper turns on one of the speeder bikes and causes some mayhem. havoc and mayhem. And, and he's sent to maintenance. <laughs> he's sent to maintenance. I love that that's the response. Not like, yeah. you know, take this droid and melt him. No, go to maintenance. <laughs> And so Kanan and Ezra take opportunity and they run into the halls. And so their next objective is to find out more information about this weapon. But in order to do that, they can't just go in and what they're wearing. And fortunately for them, they stumble upon two, two troopers. troopers. And they knock them out. <laughs> yeah, and steal their clothes. Yeah, their armor. Their armor. <laughs> what is this obsession Ezra has with hats? With hats? Yeah. Oh, the, the, I don't know. The, the it's always been a helmets. thing. Yeah, with helmets. Uh, it's always been a thing for him. Because um, I, I don't know if you noticed that his eyes open with the different square yeah. type. <laughs> but like, he, had, he had worn it before for Hera's episode. Yeah, but still it was like, mm. <laughs> I guess he just likes it. He really yeah. likes the whole armor thing. And then Callus, while walking with Price and Thrawn, they're talking about this secret <laughs> weapon and Callus is sort of like trying to grab some information like you know I could interrogate these people a little better if I knew what exactly this, this uh, secret, secret thing is, is about known. Price says you know it's just a new fighter initiative that's all you need to know and Callus is kind of confused he's like what can a fighter do to make a dent in this rebellion that's that's forming against the empire and i like what Thrawn says he says agent victory and defeat are often determined by the smallest detail and he proves that by pointing out an atdp because he's he noticed that there's a detail in there that's wrong which is why he picked that one specifically and unfortunately for the guy it moved forward and and it crashed So, yeah, he knew exactly what he was looking for. And that's scary because that's a metaphor, really. He knows exactly. He is too meticulous. Yeah. And I haven't seen the movies in forever, but he gives me that Hannibal Lecter vibe. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because the guy who voices him is Lars Mikkelsen and his brother is Mads Mikkelsen, who played Hannibal in the show Hannibal. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also in the movie Rogue One. Nice. That's your factoid. Nice six, de- six degrees of separation. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, he reminds me of that. He he's like yes. gets under your skin somehow and knows everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, my gosh. That's scary. <laughs> Some Chianti and Faba beans. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I really, I, I really see it. Yeah, yeah, right. He's very. He's he's so level-headed, so into the details and the manipulation. And but he has a temper. Oh yes, we've seen it. Yeah, and that's gonna be his undoing. That would be cool. How how it will. That's be gonna be him. his undoing. Yeah. How is it gonna be brought to that point? Don't know, but. That's gonna be it. So you're calling it right now? Yes. Huh? Okay. <laughs> you see, there is so much you can hold on and control mm-hmm. before it all explodes. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And trust me, coming from a control freak, it is overwhelming. <laughs> It gets to you, and there's points where you can no longer do it, and you say, enough, that's it, done. (laughs) Uh, To be honest, though, like, I can see that happening, but I can still see an Imperial win. Oh, no, yes. There's going to be a win. It's just that what's going to come after. You see, with every win comes pride, comes that moment where you think nobody can beat you. And that's the perfect moment for something bad to happen. Mm. And when that bad happens, 
that's where you lose it. Mm. That's where all the, the, the might and the level-headedness is lost. Because how can you have done all of this, gone all the way to the top, and something wrong happened? Mm. No, I cannot stand by uh, it. I cannot, yeah. you know, and that's going to be it. I can see that. That's interesting, mommy. I hope it plays out like that. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and also for the guy who had worked on the ATDP, for a second I thought when Thrawn had shaken his head, I thought that they were going to shoot, shoot him. Shoot him. Yes, Right there and me then. Too. I was like, oh my God, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna actually going to shoot this guy. They're going to execute him. <laughs> but they actually just took him away. Probably to be executed. executed. Oh my gosh. To even think about that, that's crazy. And then they go back out trying to get the data still and in order to do that they need chopper's assistance because uh, only droids are being allowed to go in with thrawn's codes and so they they, i love that all all of a sudden this droid pops up out of nowhere and this is another instance where i'm like what what how did this happen okay convenience there's droids all around that's true this is true yeah yeah yeah. so it happened to be there and yeah (laughs) and then chopper i love that he has to electrocute it yeah And he's able to download the necessary information. But not before Ezra and Kanan are caught in a way. And they're trying to pass it off as like we're guarding Guarding something. something. What are you guarding? (laughs) There's not even a door where you are. (laughs) Like really? We're guarding this light. It's very essential that it keeps functioning. <laughs> and so they decide once Chopper comes out, they're like, okay, we can go. They try to go one way. They're like, okay, this is not going to work out. Let's run the other way. So they start running. I love, I loved having Ezra and Kanan doing a mission together because yes. I feel like we haven't seen that in a little while. And what I also love is just them getting into trouble, getting into trouble, and then the banter that follows. Yes. And this is the cool part is when they go into the elevator, Callus is right, right there. there. And, you know, you're led to believe, oh, man, he's going to turn them in because of the way he says rebels, like, rebel scum. (laughs) (laughs) And he says that he's fulcrum. Well, after Kanan kind of, like, elbows him. (laughs) And and then Callus proves that by saying, by the light of Lothal's moons, which is fulcrum's code. And that sort of stops Kanan and Ezra. And they're, like, so confused. And I I, I just love Chopper. Yeah, trust him. Trust, trust him. him. Trust him. <laughs> you can actually hear him say that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still very curious as to how he came about getting that saying, how he came about finding someone to be able to be incorporated. Well, uh, again. Maybe uh, there's someone else in the Yes. Links. Yeah. There's a whole network that they operate by, by these codes and, and, and these uh, passwords and things. So if he is one of the members, he will know the password. Right. He will know the code, you know? So I'm going to actually jump down to Patty's question from the listener portion. And she said, I see many parallels to Zuko's growth in Avatar The Last Airbender yes. in Agent Callus's story. Oh, my God. I love that. Zuko is amazing. And it's so cool uh-huh. to think that, you know, the bad can become the, the, good, the good guy. guy. And she goes on to say, are you hoping that he officially joins the Ghosts team like Zuko did, or are you hoping he will convince Thrawn the inside man is not himself and stay with the role as Fulcrum? My question now is how and when did he become Fulcrum? Did he talk to Ahsoka before the events at the end of Season 2, and she gave him the appropriate codes, or did Commander Sato? Do you think we will see a flashback of some sort to this? Well... Well, I, so so I, I don't think that is he's gonna join. I don't think he'd fully be part of the rebellion, well, and, and I don't think he would join as much um, as I'd the, like the to. Ghost crew. <laughs> See that? No, because that is not who he is. No, he want he yeah. he likes the idea, the concept of the empire. He like just, you had explained. Yeah, before. he 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 just cannot continue like to, extremes of it. to to stand behind the extreme that the empire goes to. So I don't see him joining the ghost crew, but unfortunately I don't think that there's gonna be a happy ending. No, I don't think for, so. For for Callus because there's a price for everything mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. There are consequences for the things you do. And sometimes when you go out to war, there's casualties. Especially in the position that he's in. And and with what we saw today and those last ominous words of Thrawn to him, Thrawn already knows. And he knows that Thrawn knows. Yeah, and now Callus knows. Yeah. 
So if he continues to be fulcrum, he knows he's doing it at the risk of his own life. And that's most likely what's going to cost him. Yeah. His own oh, life. <laughs> that makes me so sad. I'm like tearing up. I don't know. Is it because I'm tired or because of the emotions? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the other question? Oh, Talk to Ahsoka. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the thing is that this network of fulcrums, they, they're definitely being organized by somebody way out of the rebellion part. Mm. They're the instigators, mm. if, if you want to mm -hmm. see it that way. They're the ones that are telling people the things that are happening so that people make decisions and, and, and act on them. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it was either Sato or Ahsoka necessarily, because I believe that Ahsoka was also recruited as a fulcrum. So I don't think that she created the whole fulcrum Ahsoka, thing. She did. She did? Yeah, she 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 named herself fulcrum at the end of, uh, well, spoiler, at the okay. end of the Ahsoka novel. Ah, uh, okay. And she, I yeah, she, 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 yeah, yeah. She chose that as her name and she took over the intelligence network for Bail Organa. But there was an intelligence yeah, network yeah. there. Well, there was barely, it was barely existing, but she basically made it into what so, it is. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was Ahsoka. I don't think it was Commando Sato. And maybe they, maybe they don't even, you know, like meet face yeah, to face. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the whole Fulcrum network and the Rebellion are separate of each other. That's interesting. And I want more information. But uh, they seem to not be wanting to give us that. So, oh, Jonah, they they, they take away the mystery. <laughs> no, but I want to. I want to know the mysteries. <laughs> and then I like that he says, "Your joy trusts me." And yes. then Ezra's like, "Yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that doesn't really mean anything." Uh, 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 Shopper is all about pre uh, self preservation. <laughs> yes, if he sees someone can help him in that moment, he will trust that person for that moment. Yes. And then Callus helps them to get to the communication center so that they can get word to Ryder. And he gets hurt in the process. <laughs> and I love that he says, you could have warned me that you were going to do that. And Esther's like, well, where's the fun in that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that he was very cheeky in this yeah. episode. <laughs> and then uh, Callus tells him that, you know, he can, uh, Chopper can access the information or the network through my credentials, which I immediately thought, that's a bad idea, Callus. <laughs> like, don't leave your fingerprints in or your, your codes. But Chopper already knew. But, yeah, Chopper. And he's like, this C1 droid of yours is quite efficient. And Ezra, <laughs> Ezra again, he's like, figures Chop would get along with an Imperial spy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that chat was like see someone appreciates Chase me, me. <laughs> like yeah and, and you can actually see it in the moment like see see somebody appreciates me <laughs> and then Kanan finally gets to talk to Ryder he tells them that you know they need to get out they have the information that they need and Ryder says that they're going to attack the east gate one of the things that I focused on in that moment was not the conversation was the fact that Callus was reacting to that conversation yes i still think there are parts of him that still struggle with what he's doing. doing yes and knowing that they're going to attack the east gate people under his command are going to die or going to get injured and that still affects him and you see it in his face and that's an amazing thing from the animation team to have inserted those facial expressions yeah he, he is a man who is struggling between doing the right thing and being who he is. And that's a, a struggle that gets a lot of people that is, is very hard and, and it's exhausting. Yeah. Trying to do the right thing when it will be easier just to follow, just to continue the status quo. Mm-hmm is very hard. It's, it's not as easy. People sometimes make it look like it's an easy thing. But it's park. not. Yeah, but it's not. not no. It's not. We as humans, we, we have a, a, like Chopper, we have a self-preservation mode. Yeah. And we, we make decisions with that behind in the back of our heads to, to protect ourselves, protect our loved ones, and keep everybody safe. Mm-hmm. 
but sometimes doing the right thing puts us in jeopardy. So we we struggle constantly between doing the right thing and continuing the status quo. Right. And so you have Callus essentially saying goodbye to Canaan yeah. and, and Ezra, but he says that he has to make it look convincing. You know, he's still on his two feet. And Ezra helps. Wow. Ezra what helps. What a... <laughs> What a push. Push. You see the the, the smoke of the glass breaking like, holy moly. I love it. I love that he's like, what? That's convincing. And then Kanan's like, yeah, but I I was going to do do it. it. And that's what I miss. I loved I love I love it when they have those type of moments and that it was great seeing that again. So so Ezra says, Don't worry, you're gonna have a chance if oh, yeah. he's working <laughs> with, with us. us. <laughs> so now they're they're going towards that area that Ryder had mentioned and Thrawn suspects that the rebels are going to head out a certain way because they might have found an ally at this point, which is why they've haven't been caught yet. You know, there has to be someone on the inside working with them. And so they go into an ATDP. And I love that in the process of them doing that, you have List who's contacting Thrawn about it. And you see them hopping into the ATDP in the background. (laughs) And you're like, they're right there, dude. You're completely missing them. And I love that in the process, as they're coming out, you see a little Lothcat running around. Yeah. I was like, yay, Lothcat. And the ATDP joins the AT-ATs, and the AT-ATs are like, what the heck is this ATDP doing out here? (laughs) And Ezra actually was quick to say that Callus had set them up. And so I love that the ATDP starts to like move off to the side to try behind to try to like, like, like hide behind a, 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 a behind the other one. And and so he's moving moving off to the side. And it's the slowest fight. Like it's even slower than what happened in the relics of the old republic, where the like ATATs are are following the the, <laughs> the other ATTE. And you're like, what? What is going on? And, and Ryder is there's something you won't see every, <laughs> every day. <laughs> It was hilarious. <laughs> and then you have the one ATAT that's like, okay, that's it, I have enough. And it's like it like bends down and like crushes and crushes it. the other one. But you know, they have their lightsabers, so they start making the holes and I like that. I didn't really anticipate that happening. I thought they were just gonna get out of the ATDP before it got crushed further. But I didn't anticipate them actually heading into the, the, the other AT, one. AT. And so, you know, they managed to escape and they send the information over to Hera and the others and they they decrypt it and they find that this new information is actually very bad for the rebels. It spells doom for them because this new model that they have has shields and that's not good yeah. for their fighters that don't have shields. <laughs> That could lay a big blow on the on the rebels, and and like I had mentioned in my review, it deters people from even joining the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. And then Kanan and Ezra mentioned that Callus is fulcrum, and then Zev's like, "Oh man," yeah. <laughs> he's like, "I must have recruited him, you know, accidentally, <laughs> as one does." And then he goes on to say, "Well, we didn't kill each other, so I guess we're friends now." <laughs> And I find it so weird that they haven't, like, contacted each other. But it's obviously for the best, because otherwise someone could get in trouble for it. And they still think that Callus is playing some game. They don't really trust them. Like, they don't trust that he's fully on board with their cause. And I guess they have reason to believe that. Yeah, they have their reasons. And and you know what? It's good to have a little bit precaution, you know, a precautionary type of behavior when it comes to relying on other people and their information. Yeah. We don't know what Callus's current situation is around them. Maybe he's being given information that he's going to be giving to the rebels and that that's just bad information overall. Wow. Yeah. So it might not be just Callus himself, but it could be other people who may have figured out that Callus is a mole. Yeah. And so Thrawn is thinking about how someone had helped them on the inside. And he says, we shall turn them from an obstacle to an asset. Wouldn't you agree, Agent Callus? Like yeah, that was a dead giveaway. That, yeah, that that was it. That that was the moment where Callus knew. Yeah. I'm doomed. Yeah, I'm I'm cooked. Yeah, stick a fork in me. I'm done. Done. 
<laughs> and, you know, he says, your strategy is without flaw, as always. Thrawn is using, is going to be using this person as an asset against the rebels. Do you think that if given the opportunity that they would save, that the ghost crew would save Callus if he was in danger? Or would he be just another casualty, like they just couldn't do anything about it? It all depends. Uh, if it's a, a known situation, because Callus can be in danger at any, at any moment. And remember, Fulcrum is a network, and it works not just with, obviously, this crew, this cell. It works with other cells as well. Mm-hmm. So they may not even know something is afoot, you know? Yeah, well... Now, my because... thing is that the, the words used by Thrawn, mm-hmm. we, you know, will turn this into an asset. My fear is that somehow mi- misinformation is yes. fed... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. ...to Callus, and that makes the ghost crew lose whatever little fate they may have. And that's when could cost Callus his life. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, you, they give you this guy who's like a jerk, and all of a sudden you, you care for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my final thought is, where the heck was the white loft cat? Where was... <laughs> what? What? We have Ryder Azadi with his ice cream shaped head <laughs> hair, and, and we don't have the white loft cat to match. What is that about? I'm I'm disappointed. I'm (laughs) disappointed. You're disappointed. Yes, I'm disappointed. I'm so frustrated that I don't even have good grammar. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dave, Lost Cat, White. Where is it? It better be around somewhere. Anyway, we have listener questions and thoughts. And man, I love it that we get so many. It's so cool because, you know, people are listening to our show, which is awesome. <laughs> so we have Mike, Mike Ward. He said, Chopper Ice is yet another Imperial droid. He really does not like other astromechs. I'm like, no. No, ch- ch- Chopper doesn't like anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, astromechs in particular. Yeah. yeah. He gets kind of jealous. I think he's a yeah. jealous type. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's so unique. Yeah. He's so, so different. And I, I wonder, I sometimes wonder if if it was by design, whoever programmed him was uh, this kind of person that likes joking around or things like that. Mm-hmm. Or if it's part of his um, programming of learning and he's learned to be that callous you know pretty much yeah Yeah. and amy said thoughts on fulcrum reveal i'm thrilled but terrified at the same time also the theme of coalition building yes so we like the fact that rebel cells is Uh, a thing and and that they're trying to get together and do you know bigger things against the empire yeah yeah and fulcrum reveal as mentioned before mommy went crazy yeah i I really wish i had recorded that because that was perfect Uh, and i thought about it but i was like oh she's just gonna be like i knew it i knew it i didn't i didn't think you were gonna be like i knew it i knew it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i thought it was awesome when i saw it i was like yes (laughs) <laughs> and then she also asks uh, any thoughts on potential Rogue One tie-ins either in the show or in the movie I personally think that the show before actually and before I mean last week because I thought that the show and the way that it's done it's done several uh, maybe like a year or two in advance so I didn't know where it lied with the planning and finalizing the details for Rogue One so I thought oh maybe the show won't have any Rogue One tie-ins but Rogue One might have tie-ins to Star Wars Rebels so I, I'd love to see something mentioned uh, or hear something mentioned in the movie and then it was brought to my attention my co-host Jeremy said maybe we'll see it in the second half of the season so yeah that'd be cool if we see some sort of Rogue One connection I think we will I think some people were talking about it given some information that was given out regarding the title descriptions for next the next when January comes around because we have one episode left mommy oh god one episode (laughs) 
<laughs> um, <laughs> what am I going to do? What are we going to do? I have no idea. Oh, watch Rogue One a million times. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really hope I see or hear something small. I don't care how small it is in the movie. Uh, now that I'm taking the second half of the season into consideration, it'd be really cool to see some Rogue One tie-ins in there as well. And then Patty had also asked a couple of other questions. She said, the title of this episode and Inside Man has more than one meaning with not only Sumar but Callus as well. The fact that the opening with the logo did not have the rebel fanfare to me was a good sign that something really bad was about to happen. Did you both get the same feeling? They didn't have that this time around. It was like very ominous and you're like, oh man, what's going to happen? And yeah, I'm so used to picking that stuff up where I'm like, yeah, something bad's going to happen in this episode. <laughs> so I right away knew that was going to happen. But that's pretty neat. I, you know, I, I didn't think of it that way. You know, Sumar is, was someone who was in the inside. He was an inside man. And just like Callus is an inside man, giving the rebels more information. The next question she asked was, what do you think of Kanan in this episode? He does seem to be getting used to seeing with the Force. Well, yes. I think he saw a little bit too much. <laughs> I, I Like, I thought it was too unrealistic in a way. I mean, all of this is unrealistic. It's fictional. But, like, honestly, I could have used a bit more... Get with the Force, Jonah. I'm just saying it would have been more believable if he had bumped into something or if he, like, tried to hit the elevator button, but it wasn't exactly the position that he had thought it was going to be, you know? Well, uh, I, there's moments that, that you know because when they were in the ATAT when they got in, you can see that blind thing where he doesn't know where to look. Yeah, I know. I know. I used you know. to see it from time to time. But I felt like everything else like overpowered that. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I know. You He's love Kanan. Awesome. Yes, Amani. I know. <laughs> And then uh, she also asked, Thrawn is a force to be reckoned with. And this episode just shows how ruthless he can be. I'm really, really worried about the ghost crew now that we have seen some of Thrawn's cards. What do you think we know about Thrawn now that we did not know before this episode? Or were either of you surprised by his r- level of ruthlessness? No, I, I wasn't. You, I yeah, know, yeah I know this is the level of ruthlessness for this man he he he's calculated his um cold yeah yeah. yeah, there's nothing that that I will put past him. Well, if you if you were in a room with Vader and Thrawn, <laughs> which was the lesser of two evils, I would honestly I, go I ta- with Vader. I, I take da- Vader. Yeah, I would take Vader because he's he's more easy manipulated. You know, like he can get angry. We're talking about Anakin here. Yeah. You know, he, he loses his temper and, and just throws temper tantrums. So so it's While he's easy. doing that, you can run away. Yeah, it's easy to manipulate him in that way. Yeah. Tron is more calculated. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He, uh, while you try to run away, there's actually a, like a blockade and you're like, "Oh man, he thought of this before I did." Yeah. <laughs> I you know his level of ruthlessness is to be expected, but I I was I was still shocked that Sumar had died, and it makes sense that he did. But at the same time, I was just like, ah, that's that hurts. And she goes on to say, on a side note, my hubby Michael believes that he is just too good and must have some sort of ESP or something to be able to figure things out to this degree. Do either of you agree with this theory? No, no, he's just very good intellectually. Yeah. Yeah, he is a profiler. Essentially, yeah. He's a profiler. He's from Criminal Minds. Instead of of pursuing criminals, he pursues rebels, you know? What to him are criminals? Because, like I said, there's two sides to a coin and to in the side of Tron. Every time you say that, I always think of Tron, the movie. No, in the time... Tron. In in the the side of Tron... The rebels are criminals. Mm. So he's profiling these yes. people. Yeah, yeah. He he's this doing a profile based on their actions. I mean, look at the, his room. It's totally yes, like, like all full with the pictures and uh, and the paintings and everything alluding to each and every one of yeah, them. Yeah, the equivalent would be all the like red strings. strings. Yeah, the map with the different <laughs> okay locations. He's here and, you know, <laughs> The newspaper clippings. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so he is extremely smart. Yeah. Harvard, has, Harvard smart. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> he, he's extremely smart. He. I shouldn't say that. Has, Cornell smart. What, yes. What am I doing yeah, to my alma yeah. mater? <laughs> my alma mater. <laughs> and and he, he obviously has 
a super memory. He remembers things, you know, so he's able to calculate and, and, and determine based on numbers and statistics. And Yeah. Her last question is, also that next episode, not good to have Maul back in the picture, especially with Thrawn on the move. Will Thrawn gain more on the Rebels because Kanan and Ezra are distracted by Maul? I could see that playing a factor, but, I, you know, being that Hera's in charge and so is Sato, I feel like they have what they, whatever that is that I, they're I, strategizing. I think that, I think that the Kanan's and, and Ezra's deal with Maul is more of, of a small individual kind yeah, of it's issue personal. yeah yeah then an issue that can affect the rebel here right. on top which is what Thrawn is after yeah you yeah. know the thing is if Thrawn were to attack or something of that nature and, and Kanan they're not, they're not there yeah, yeah that's, not, not that I'm saying that they're that they need to be there you know they're not superheroes yeah. but it, it, a Jedi having a Jedi around is helpful as the writer Zadi implied in this episode I'm interested to see what sort of voodoo Maul has, has up, a, yeah, up his sleeve <laughs> Mike Hinton said, John Marie and Ma, I always seem to forget to send in an email and messages for your podcast. So hopefully this will be able to get squeezed in somewhere. I love the show and it's my top two podcasts I listen to every week. I could write pages about what I want to say, but I will just try to write in more and spare you the long message. I like how your love for Star Wars comes out in the show and Ma's words of wisdom are like some real Yoda-like ad- advice. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I agree with you that the episodes that are being called filler are not filler, but good episodes. My question is, do you think the so-called filler episodes are more like the building episodes that show how the rebellion is being built by seemingly disconnected events? Thanks again for being great fans and wonderful, powerful role models for my girls. Yay! (laughs) So Mike, Mike is actually the father of Zoe Hinton, who has her own Star Wars podcast. She's invited me to be on that show a few times and it's always a blast talking Star Wars with her so so cool that Mike you wrote in and that you know we're a good source of Star Wars discussion for you and your daughters so in terms of the filler conversation from last week I mean just thinking just even looking at this episode you know that the rebels are planning to attack you know, yes. they, they have to take out that Imperial factory. If they don't, those uh, ships are going to be mass produced and it's going to be a big, big problem for the rebels. So how are they going to attack? They need the weaponry. Yes. Where did they get the weaponry? weaponry. That last episode, last episode with the proton bombs. Yeah. So, you know, the, all these little things are happening where people think, oh, God, you know, what is the purpose of this? But they don't, you, in that, again, in that moment, you don't see it. This goes to your questions where, where you say, how did that happen? Yes. How, 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 <laughs> how, why was that there? How, can, how did they come about that? They're telling you. They cannot tell you all, all of once. them yeah, yeah, and yeah. all at once. But they're giving you little tidbits yes. here and there yeah, yeah. where they show you. And if you think about it and you make the connections and, and you have patience, you may see it later on. Mm-hmm. So true. So yeah, thanks for writing in, Mike, and and please write in more. <laughs> I love I love listening to you guys, and uh, I, I definitely want to include you your responses more often in our, in our listener portion. So thanks for that. And we also have two emails from Stefan and Katie. So Katie, she said. Hey, Jonah and Ma, such a crazy, awesome episode. Very exciting to finally have it be known that Kallus is Fulcrum. Now that it's known to the Rebels and the Imperials know someone is the Mole, what do you think will happen? Do you guys have any theories on what the future holds for Kallus, good or bad? Can't wait to hear what you guys think. I hope you guys have a fantastic week and can't wait to hear you your guys' thoughts on the episode. Thanks, Katie. Hey, hey, Katie. Katie. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I, I've already expressed my my fear. My fear with Callus is that he, his end, you know, it's it's not gonna be good. He has a struggle. He is struggling between doing the right thing and following his own beliefs. And you pointed out that his expressions whenever he has to do something that goes against his own beliefs. But then he still tries to do the right thing. Usually this doesn't end well. 
for a person like um, Callus. And in the presence of Thrawn, it's even worse. You know what my friend's theory is, Elisa, who's Alpha Del on Twitter. This is her theory. And it was like, <sighs> <laughs> she said, what if Callus is caught between the fire and Zeb, now that he is friends apparently with Callus, goes to help him or goes to try to save him. But in the process, he ends up taking one for Callus. And, and, we and lose Zeb them. is the one that we lose. And, and Callus is the one to sort of, you know, quote unquote, replace him. Not really. But um, if he were to become integrated to the ghost, maybe that's how it would happen. Like that. I was like, why? Why? Why did you write that? Why did you write that to me? <laughs> um, I could see that's that happening. Yeah, definitely. I could see that happening but, in a primetime show. But um, I don't know about Rebels. I don't know. I, I still think that he's going to be caught in, in his... I think you it's know, something that he you know has the, to pay. The, you know he the has thing, to pay yeah. himself. You know the, what they say. Oh, what a tangled web we, we weave, weave when we first practice to, to deceive. deceive. Yeah. And in essence, Callus is trying to deceive the Empire. Yeah, yeah. And the major representative of the Empire in, in this... Is uh, Thrawn. Is Thrawn. And he's not a, the best person to be deceiving. No. So, I don't know. I, I'm very feel, fearful because I've, you guys know, I've I've come to really admire Callus, Callus and his personality and his um, desire and, and, and ability to overcome his own limitations in terms of thinking and, and grow as, a, as an individual. But sometimes, unfortunately, things happen. I don't know. I'm preparing myself for the worst. Yeah. What if the opposite happens? What <gasps> oh, if the re- What if the <laughs> reason defense. he actually dies is because he defends, defends Seb and in in essence, uh, you know, undoes the e- the evil he did. You know, Mommy, don't make me cry right now, please. I'm <laughs> very. Uh, yeah, I'm emotionally what, compromised. What a what a better um, that ending. You know, fitting ending. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Redemption. <laughs> That's the best redemption. Oh, oh, so terrible. Um, and then Steven Gutierrez, he wrote in and said, this isn't about this week's episode, but what do you think about how we have only seen good Bendu, which means evil Bendu will come up in the second half of the season? There's an evil Bendu? No, no, no. But you know how the, the Bendu... Oh, the, oh okay. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> There's an evil Bendu? <laughs> yes, he's red and black, actually. No. <laughs> Like, don't surprise me the things like this. (laughs) No, no, no. But you know how the Bendu represents that middle ground. Uh, Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Good intentions, intentions. evil intentions, depending on the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So I I could see that. I mean, I don't really see him outright doing evil. You see, I I, I think that the Bendu's evil side is not really evil, but more mischievous. Yeah. And it's still grounded in the lesson, you know? Like, there's always a lesson to learn. So I I, I don't see that as evil. Can it be hurtful? But <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's evil. It, it is part of the whole learning process. And, and, and I think that's what the Bendu represents is the teacher. And as a teacher, you have to be balanced. You, you have to teach both sides. You cannot just teach one thing because how is your student going to be able to compare and, and learn to select the right things and the right path? Right if they don't know both sides. So to me, the, the, the best teachers I ever had were the ones that everybody considered to be outside the normal scope, the, the regular teachers. Uh, I call them the rebels because their lessons always went beyond what was on the book. That's what I see in the Bendu. I see a more more mischievous rather than evil. For To be evil, you, you will... I think you have to have intent, malice, mm-hmm. and I don't think the Bendu has, has that. that. Yeah, just like he doesn't really have the intention to do good. But yeah, it but just happens, happens to, know, to be. Oh, it's like oh, okay, these two guys need information. So, but yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I, I would really love to see that to see what the consequences of that is, what the lesson can be, right. what can these two Jedi can learn. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. 
So thank you for your email, Stefan. And thank you, everyone, for your thoughts and questions. And so that's that for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat, when we'll discuss the episode Visions and Voices. Oh, boy. I think I showed you the clip, right, of we were watching Rebels Recon, and the clip was of Ezra seeing Maul. In the oh background. yes, yes, yes! Yeah. Hearing the voice yeah. of Maul, yes, yeah. and yes, just yes. seeing like glimpses of him. Yes, no, 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 Ezra, you're not going nuts. <laughs> you're not going crazy. <laughs> um, in the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter. And may the force be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>